We're going to be talking about Azure today. What's your favorite color, baby? Hey guys, and welcome to the show. Today marks an important milestone for Taste of Premier. This is our first international show. So, Chris, welcome to uh, the Taste of Premier family. Thank you very much, Lex. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, Chris is actually in England. I think he's in uh, London right now, correct? I am in what we refer to as the Big Smoke, yes, which is our capital city. So I'm a, normally I'm a northerner, and I, I live up in the uh, the beautiful side of the country up north. Um, but uh, this week I'm down at a customer, so yes, I'm, I'm in London. Ah, yeah, lots of sheep and Land Rovers. <laughs> Indeed, yes, yes, <laughs> not far from the Lake District. So if uh, if you know where the Lake District is, yeah. No, man. I, so I've been to uh, Reading. Um, there's okay. a huge Microsoft site in Reading, and uh, yeah. I'm afraid to say this, but a long time ago, I went and trained our, uh, uh, you know, English support engineers on Windows 95, and uh, uh, <laughs> it's been Reading's probably changed a lot since then. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's probably a much different place now. For yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Stayed in the Copid Beach, which was, uh, you know. <laughs> The, the thing I remember most about that hotel is that they had, like, outdoor skiing on grass, which was uh, pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, sounds, sounds right for Reading, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Um, but anyway, you're going to talk to us about Azure today. I am indeed. Uh, Azure Multi-Factor Authentication, which is um, part of the Azure offering. So I've got a bit to talk around um, about Azure uh, and the MFA product, and then um, maybe do a bit of a demo as well and, sh and show you how it works in action. Okay, so for every for anybody that's watching this that's not familiar with uh, multi-factor identification or multi-factor authentication, it's uh, you, you, you may not be familiar with the term, but you're probably familiar with the product, right? And what I mean by that is that uh, passwords are a single point authentication mechanism. And so multi-factor just essentially means that there are two ways for us to identify you. Um, uh, that can be a password in a smart card or a password in biometrics, uh, et cetera. And so it's exciting that we're doing that with Azure. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so it's uh, exactly right, Lex. So, so we add extra um, assurance around the, identif uh, around the uh, authentication that you provide. So usually, and everyone's familiar with, with username and password, and we use that every day for accessing um, corporate web systems as well as, and, and corporate systems as well as external sort of personal systems. So you would use it for online banking or, or those sorts of things as well. Where the multi-factor authentication piece steps in is to provide um, extra assurance around that, that first uh, authentication um, to, 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 to that web property. Um, so we can do that using um, different techniques. Um, so you mentioned a few of them there. So smart card and PIN as an example. So something you have being a smart card and something you know being, being the PIN. We can also use biometrics as well. Um, so as an example with uh, Windows 10 now, we've got um, Windows Passport and, and Hello, and yeah. we can use biometrics there for that as well, right? So we've got, um, you know, fingerprint or, or iris scan or, or facial recognition that we can use there. So that's something you are. Um, so they're the sort of different types of authentication we can have. Um, but essentially, um, usernames and passwords aren't, aren't really super secure as we know because they can get leaked in 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 breaches as as we see um you know many of those happening um you know on a daily basis as it seems now with with um you know properties being breached on the internet and 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 these usernames and passwords being leaked out 
Um, so, and, and they're also not very, very strong guys, either easy to guess, easy to brute force, etc. So what we want to do is strengthen the authentication, and, and which adds security um, to, to accessing you know, internal systems. And we can do that through, through the Azure platform uh, as well, using the, the Azure MFA offering that we have. Yeah, absolutely. I love Windows Hello. I think that that's the coolest thing. Uh, yeah, it is you know, pretty cool. It, yeah. it does a great job. Um, and, and it's awesome to just be able to look over at my laptop and have it automatically sign me in. I mean, there's a convenience factor there. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I think most people think that that's why we did it for convenience. They don't realize that it's much more secure, infinitely more secure than, you know, writing your password down somewhere and, or sticking it in a drawer or, you know, sharing it with somebody. Um, you know, can't do any of that with your face. No, and, and, and that's the, the thing, it's, it's finding that delicate balance, right, between um, adding security but not making it so unusable that, uh, you know, it, users will be resistant to it. And, and that's, you know, and that's what I think we've, we've managed to do with, with Passport and, and, and Hello um, built into Windows 10. But also, um, and hopefully, as you'll see through, through the demo, with Azure multi-factor authentication, it's, it's also really simple and easy to set up and use as well. Um, so, you know, having that convenience factor as well as uh, uh, added security is, is always a bonus, right? Awesome. Yeah, so, so let's take a look. Okay, so uh, as I mentioned, I've got a few slides to go through to show you here. So first off, I'd like to give you a, a bit of an overview of, of MFA and um, just talk about what it is. Um, we've already mentioned some of this already, but I'll, I'll dig into the slides and we can flesh that out a bit more now. So multi-factor authentication, as, as you quite rightly said, Lex, it's a method of authentication that requires the use of one or more verification, uh, sorry, of more than one verification method. Um, something you know, such as a, a password or a PIN number, um, so something that's, that's in your head, essentially. Uh, something you have, a phone, which we use for Azure multi-factor multi authentication. Smart cards are, are quite common. Um, certificates as well with the associated private keys or some other hardware tokens. So people might be familiar with um, like the, the little hardware dongles you can get with the one-time passwords on them. They also form um, um, multi-factor authentication. Also something you are as well. So uh, we mentioned this with Windows 10, a fingerprint or retinal scan or, or other biometric. And that's what we have with, um, with, with, with Passport and, and Hello built into Windows 10 now as well. Awesome. So um, you can see, see some of those tokens there that, that we mentioned as well. And I will just go on to this next slide. So what is Azure Multi-Factor Authentication? <clears throat> so it's basically a, a product that, that Microsoft acquired back in 2012 called Phone Factor. And now we've integrated that fully into our Azure Active Directory offering. And we can protect access to both on-premises and cloud applications as well. And it's important to note that, that, that we don't only work with cloud applications, so SaaS applications like Office 365, um, but we can also, if licensed correctly, um, use it with um, on-premises applications um, such as VPN maybe, or, or other, uh, other types of um, uh, on-premises products as well. And I can talk a bit about that after. Okay. So some concepts then uh, around multi-factor authentication. So um, 
one of those is strong authentication. We mentioned this already. So we provide a higher level of security than just standard authentication of the username and password. Um, so we provide an additional factor for the authentication. So as an example, um, we've got the, the multi-factor authentication phone app we can use. Maybe it's a phone call to, to the phone as well. Um, or maybe we use a, a biometric, as we mentioned, with, with Windows 10. Another concept is what we call step-up authentication. So in this scenario where, where we might use this is we access a resource and we authenticate to that resource using our standard username and password. And then if we access um, another resource which is deemed to be a higher security value or higher value resource, then we might be asked to sort of step up and proof up, um, such as at that point providing a multi-factor authentication login to, the, to that resource. And this is a, a way we can um, essentially guard our high value resources by, um, by providing that extra authentication level as and when we need it as well. And then there's something what we call contextual authentication. And, and this is um, basically a way we can analyze different criteria around a user's authentication and then provide or enforce multi-factor authentication um, depending on certain scenarios. So as an example, um, you might be um, in the office, connecting from the office. So from, from that point of view, we would say, well, do you know what? We don't need to, to provide multi-factor authentication to access a resource in this instance. Or you might be coming from, um, you know, an, an untrusted or unknown network, let's, let's say. Um, so if that happens, then we might say, well, actually, you're coming from this unknown network. So we want you to prove that you are who you say you are um, more robustly by providing multi-factor authentication at that time. Um, so we can we can provide that contextual or, or authentication um, depending on, on some of the, those criteria as well. Yeah, so this is cool. And, and I just wanted to uh, mention something that you might have later on in your slides, um, but uh, it's it when when you're talking about multi-factor authentication and devices um, you know we do this here at Microsoft and I've got actually an iPhone uh, and a Windows phone but uh, on my iPhone I've, I've got a multi-factor authentication app and I can I can actually um, uh, just use a, a biometric to confirm authentication on my phone which is actually kinda nice yeah, in, indeed. Yeah. So, so in that instance, you're using two factors. Um, one of the factors is the phone itself. So that's right. something something you have, right? So your phone is registered with the multi-factor authentication service, and um, and and that's it's being pinged essentially to, um, to to verify the the authentication. But to authenticate to the phone and verify that that's a a, a valid authentication that, that's come through you will use your biometric and um, so, so so you do that with on iPhones with your fingerprint um, and on, on Windows phone unfortunately we, we haven't quite got uh, got got there with that but we we yeah, can that's provide a hardware it. thing though that's not because it, it is indeed it is indeed yeah. yeah it is indeed so so uh, it's, it's a hardware thing but we can provide a pin number um, as, as a, a secondary factor so in that instance it will be it'll be something something you have and um, and something you know in, in that instance um, and, and so I think so, I think the authentication app runs on iOS, Android, and Windows and Windows Phone. Correct? It does, it does indeed. Yeah, it runs on on, on all platforms. Um, so um, you know, there's no there's no reason not to use it essentially. And we'll talk a little bit about how it's licensed as well, which a lot of people might not realise that they're actually 
currently licensed to use it um, because um, there's, there's different ways we can enable multi-factor authentication or, or, or use this service. Uh, and I'll talk about this in, in a little while as well, um, which, you know, essentially if, if, if you're licensed for it and it's, and it's part of your, your, um, your SKUs essentially and, and you've got an iOS or an Android or a Windows phone device, you can, you can just go and use it. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool to, to set it up and use. Yeah, awesome. Okay, let's talk a little bit now about, about why you might use Azure uh, multi-factor authentication. So it's really easy to use, um, simple to set up and for users to manage their own devices and hopefully I can demonstrate that to you and how, how simple it is. It's scalable as it leverages the cloud obviously, so we can scale um, with that. It's always protected, so we provide authentication using the highest industry standards and it's reliable as well, so it's backed by you know, Microsoft's SLA, um, which we, we uh, back all our cloud services with as well. Yeah. Cool. So convenience, um, again, we've sort of mentioned this, but there's no devices or certificates to purchase, um, provision or maintain. So that's always a bonus when you don't um, have to buy extra hardware devices or smart cards or things like that. We can just use a, a user's phone. Um, no user training required. There might be a little bit of, of hand-holding to, to talk users through it, but it is very, very simple to set up. So there should be minimal training requirements for, for users. Um, if it's a, a, a um, personal device that, that the user is using, then they're obviously liable to, to replace their lost or broken phones. Or if it's a company device, obviously you, you would replace it by, via that process there. Um, users can manage their own authentication methods and phone numbers as well. Um, so we allow users to use different, um, different types of, of authentication methods with their phone. And I'll talk through this in a little while as well. Um, depending on what you configure in the portal, you can say that a user can essentially use any of those, you know, those things, and then the user can pick which ones they want to use. Um, and it, it integrates with the existing directory for centralized um, user management and, and enrollment as well. So we can um, obviously use Azure Active Directory and, and integrate with, with um, on-premises Active Directory. Cool. Scalable, scalable as well. So I mentioned this already. So works of all leading uh, on-premises applications. So if you do want to deploy it on-prem, we can integrate with things like Cisco VPN, um, Citrix NetScalers, Juniper devices, uh, any of those things. So so that's that's quite nice to know, and 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 um, you know it's a, it's a good upselling point for it as well. We can support ADFS, um, integrate with ADFS. So if you use an ADFS for um, authenticating uh, or providing um, authentication for cloud applications or on-premises applications, um, which are you know, sort of SAML-based or, or um, um, claims-aware applications that are integrated with ADFS, we can we can leverage multi-factor authentication there. Um, built into Microsoft Azure Active Directory for use with cloud apps, so it's it sort of works right out of the box with Azure AD, um, or we can install the on-premises one as well. There is an SDK, so if you did have custom applications and you wanted to integrate custom apps directly with the service, then you can do that. Um, and of course, sort of reliable, scalable, etc., as we've mentioned already. And then security, um, so we're obviously providing strong multi-factor authentication. Real-time fraud alerts, this is quite nice. So um, what we can do, depending on, on how the user, which authentication methods the user's configured, we can, um, well, the user can provide a fraud alert. So let's say 
all of a sudden the user gets um, an authentication request on their phone using on the um, authentication app and it's not for a a sign in that the user has actually performed well obviously that's that's probably a potential fraud there where somebody's trying to log into that user's account so straight from the application the user can report that fraud and then of course we can um you know we can collect those fraud alerts um centrally and and, and alert administrators off the back of that so it's a it provides that real time sort of um uh, alerting capability to to to, um, to to let administrators know if if somebody's trying to hack somebody's account there is a pin option we can use and um, the pin option is is only for the on-premises version so um, we need to have the on-prem uh, MFA server installed but if we have then we can specify pins as well so that might be a pin and um, if you receive the phone call you can enter a pin that way um, via a text message or through the application as well obviously very robust reporting and logging features are in there and it um, enables compliance as well. So um, you might have industry compliances or regulations that you need to meet. And um, obviously providing multi-factor authentication will, will help you uh, meet those compliances as well. You, so you may not know the answer to this. And if not, that's okay. Um, uh, do you know if there's a list of, uh, you know, uh, compliance rankings and, and standards that, uh, uh, that we support? So it, it would it would be more um, it would be a little bit different than that I suppose. So so the, each of the compliance standards um, would mandate the use of strong authentication. Let's say so uh, you know, in P PSI as an example, uh, PCI. Sorry, uh, it might um, you know in the, as part of the compliance. And I'm not sure of the exact specifics of it. But one of the the um, the control mechanisms or the controls in there would be you know users must be using strong authentication to access this type of data. Or if it's HIPAA, um, which is obviously an American standard for for the health the healthcare records, right? Um, right. You know, again, if you're accessing particular types of information which are conformant to the HIPAA standard, then you must use strong authentication. So that's where we would link in with that. It, it wouldn't necessarily be that there's a list of standards which um, you know which this um, um, provides as such. It would be more that we can meet help you meet those regulatory requirements by enforcing strong authentication with this particular service. I hope that sort of answers the question there. Yeah. So in the U.S. we have other standards, right? FedRAM is um, uh, one of them, et cetera. That's what I was kind of looking for, but you answered the question. I appreciate it. Um, I was just wondering if there was like a website or something somewhere that had everything that we were um, – Certified so, against every government certification and every yeah sure sure yeah. So, so we ha we have sort of got that from the Azure Trust Center so what what you can see is um, all of our cloud services um, yeah. whether it's Office 365 or, or Azure or any of those things we have got a a website which details how each of our different offerings meets these 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 different standards so as an example. Um, um, infrastructure as a service on, on, on Azure will be um, always conformant to XYZ standards and there's a whole list of those and in the, the UK we've got um, you know we've got particular standards that, that we meet as well um, and Office 365 um, you know conformant to, to those so multi-factor authentication is sort of one piece of those which can help you meet your your requirements um, and you know whichever requirements you've got to meet it's a it's a way we can we can do that yeah okay that's what I was looking for trust center 
Azure Trust Center yet. So uh, you can find that. I think it's linked directly off the the, the Azure front page. And um, yeah, all of the all of our compliances and all of those things are there. And of course, we get audited as well for these things, right? So all of our data centers are um, are, are audited and, and by third party independent um, companies, and they will come in and make sure that we are doing what we we, we say we are doing. So you know, FedRAMP or HIPAA or PCI, etc. And we get those auditors to, to come in and, and, and verify that. So we have got a, quite a a, um, a strong story there, I would say, in terms of of how we how we can help companies meet those those uh, requirements and, and compliances. Okay, awesome, thanks. Okay, so let's uh, look quickly how how it works and how it all fits together. <clears throat> so a user will sign in from a device using a username and password, and in this scenario here, they're connecting to an on-premises application. Um, that on-premises application will talk to the multi-factor authentication server, which is installed on-premises too, um, and that will, and the, the application will talk to MFA using um, Radius, which is a, a standard protocol, um, remote uh, remote access dialing user service. I think it stands for, but yeah. don't hold me to that. Yeah, Radius um, has been around for a long time. Yeah, it has. It's quite quite an old uh, uh, an old protocol. Um, LDAP as well. We can use um, a lightweight directory access protocol as well. Um, we can even have IES, um, so Microsoft's web server, um, talk directly to the MFA server. There's a way we can use informants-based authentication, or um, you know, there's a couple of different ways we can we can integrate that, um, or even remote desktop services as well. So remote desktop services can can talk to the MFA server. So essentially, the user puts their username and password in. On the application, so let's say it's a VPN, and um, the VPN will then talk to the MFA server on premises, and then go out to the cloud service. So it's still the cloud service that will ping the user essentially for that second factor. So whether it's phone call or text or, or application, the user will then answer that um, authentication request. That gets sent back to the cloud service. The cloud service then talks back to the on-prem server. The on-prem server back to the, the application says, yep, the user's golden, they've authenticated, and then, of course, they're, they're allowed access. In addition to that, we can have, um, can have cloud applications. Um, so cloud applications could be SaaS applications, um, whether they're Microsoft or whether they're third-party SaaS applications. And they can talk to, an on or let's say, um, authenticate um, via an on-premises ADFS instance. And if that ADFS instance is integrated with MFA, the same process happens there, uh, whereby the ADFS server pings the MFA server that goes off to the cloud service and so on and so forth. Or the cloud application could be integrated directly with Azure AD as well. So if you don't want to use um, any on-premises infrastructure, you just want to be in a cloud-only world. Um, so you make, let's say you're using Office 365 and um, you're not using ADFS, you're just hooking directly into Azure AD. Um, then of course we can use um, MFA there and Azure AD is fully integrated with the MFA server in that instance as well. Yeah, cool. And then lastly, um, there is an, uh, an SDK, as I mentioned as well. So if you wanted to integrate your apps directly with the, the service, then you can do that as well. Okay. So we've sort of talked about this already, um, but we've got the, the three different authentication options that we can use as well. So you alluded to it already, Lex, about the mobile apps. And we, of course, we support iOS and Android and Windows Phone there. Oh. Um, and the, the, the application we can use 
um, two different methods essentially. We can use one-time password mode um, or we can use um, the mode where it sends a, a, a notification to the phone and then the app will, will pop up with a notification. Um, so there's two modes we can use there. Phone calls as well, so obviously that's where we dial the user's phone and then there will be a recorded message which plays back and then the user can um, uh, accept or verify that authentication so they can um, normally it's the hash key so or as you guys call it the pound key um, press the, 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 the hash key on the phone and that will say yes that's a valid authentication if you're using the on-premises um, server then we can use a, a pin number there as well um, to add extra extra security and then text messages um, so text messages it's worth talking about because there's been some recent guidance that's that's been released by NIST which is the American National Institute for Standards and Technology and they've actually released some guidance to say that it's not very secure to use text messages as an authentication method so we do support it and you can enable it um, but it's probably not recommended to use it because of that very reason because um, essentially we can it's easy for for somebody to spoof a phone number and then take or receive somebody's text messages so what we would advocate is that you use the mobile app as the the sort of best method but of course you need a smartphone to do that but um, I don't know anybody that doesn't have a smartphone nowadays, um, right. but that's just worth worth mentioning there. So, so phone calls or or mobile apps is is um, um, you know the, the the way to go. Mobile apps preferably. Text messages you can still use, but it's been um, it's been recommended by uh, NIST not to not to use those. But of course, it's up to the customer which one they want to use there. Yeah. Um, so I've mentioned uh, these three already. Um, so the mobile, mobile app, it's just a couple of points to, to mention there. So the notification mode, as, as I said, this is where the MFA server will push a notification to the application and then the user can authenticate, deny, um, or deny and report it as well. So I mentioned the fraud alerting um, already. And um, one-time password uh, mode is, is the other, uh, other mode as well. So we use um, the OAuth standard. Um, for for that, so that's where you get a code which which um, rotates every sixty seconds, and then the application will have a form um, where you would put that that that, that in. So users users are generally used to that method if they use other hardware-based tokens which print out a you know whether it's a six or eight-digit number that they have to enter into uh, into the application. Okay, so which one should you use? I sort of mentioned this already. Um, so pros of of a, a phone call there's no data connection so essentially it's just a phone call into the user so there's no there's no data usage there um cons though we we, we recommend and we, we we sort of push the fact that you should be using pin and there's no sla either from from a carrier perspective so um you know maybe you're out of service or or maybe the, the phone call doesn't get connected and then if you're in a situation where you need to access an application and that doesn't come through then uh, of course you're not going to be very happy if you if you can't uh, can't connect to the application because your MFA is um, not coming through. Uh, text messages, um, again, no data connection or smartphone needed. You can use um, a, an older phone. Um, it is what we'd class as the worst user experience, and I sort of mentioned about the NIST guidance as well. Um, and again, there's no SLA um, from, from the carrier perspective. So the one we recommend and, and which I think everybody does use is, is the application the, on the smartphone. The, the, the con there, obviously, is that you need a, a smartphone to, to use it. But as I mentioned, I'm not sure I know anybody that hasn't got a smartphone nowadays. Yeah. And it is the best. Everybody best does. The only, the only con for me is my battery's dead. 
<laughs> so so this is you can register more than, than one application as well so I've got a personal phone and a work phone as, as an example which uh, Microsoft issued to me and um, so I, um, I, I I've got the app on both of those essentially so if one of them's dead I can I can get the uh, the authentication on on the other phone um, that way and of course you can always fall back as well um, so this is this is quite nice it's worth mentioning if the user's got more than one method registered um, so that let's say they've got a phone number as well as the application and um, you know the, the the phone's not got a data connection or, or whatever you can't use the application you can actually um, fall back to using the phone and there's a the, there's a way and uh, there's a way that you can you can do that in, in most uh, most of the user interfaces there to um, to fall back that way so if you use an ADFS as an, as an example there's a, a little link you can click to say um, you know please you know please use my phone instead of my, my application Wow, that's really cool. You know what? I, I said that as kind of a joke, but um, I didn't realize you could have more than one. That that's that's awesome. Yeah. So with it within um, the Microsoft deployment, we can we can certainly do that. Yeah. Cool. So I'll talk now a little bit about the available versions for Azure MFA as well. So I sort of mentioned this before that you could already be licensed for this and and, and not even know it um, through some of the. Um, different SKUs that you've already bought through through Microsoft Cloud Services, um, so that that might be a bonus for you if you you, you didn't realise that and you've actually got the ability to to deploy it. Um, so let's uh, let's have a look at that then. Um, those those different offerings that we've got there. So we've got the standalone and on-premises versions of 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 the service. So the standalone cloud version is where we can use. Um, SaaS applications in the cloud, as, as I mentioned already, to connect to the MFA um, cloud MFA instance, or you can deploy the on-premises version. Now, you would need to pay for that, um, and you can pay for it on a uh, per user or, or, or per device um, um, basis, and, and that's sort of charged as part of your, your Azure subscription. But if you've got Azure AD Premium, then you actually get licenses for the um, for MFA for all, all of the licensed users, and you also get license for the on-premises um, server as well. So there's a lot of organizations which might have Azure Active Directory Premium, either have, have bought that um, you know, as a, a separate SKU, or maybe they've bought EMS, right? So with EMS, um, you get Azure AD Premium as part of, of EMS licenses. Um, so it starts to stack up now when, you know, customers may have bought this already and then not realize, well, actually, if I've got Azure AD Premium via, you know, whichever license SKU that I've bought, well, I've actually got the ability to deploy um, the on-premises MFA server and integrate that with things like my VPN or integrate it with things like my Citrix Netscalers or my remote access solution or any of those things. And all you need to pay for is a server to host it on, and that's about it, really. Um, so that's a really compelling, um, you know, compelling thing there. I mean, obviously, if you're not licensed for for Azure AD Premium, then you would have to pay, um, pay, pay using the, the the sort of separate subscription model there. Also, for Azure administrators, so all of your, um, if you've got an Azure AD, um, an Azure subscription, an Azure AD in the cloud, and you've got your global administrator and subscription admins and all of those guys. Um, well, actually, you get the cloud instance of MFA free for those. And that's a push that we, we did, basically, because we wanted to make sure that when accessing our cloud services using those privileged credentials, that you um, you could use the, the higher security there, as we mentioned already. Um, so for those those privileged users, you get you don't have to pay for the MFA. You get it as part, as part of um, buying the other cloud services, essentially, and, and having a subscription there. 
and then also for Office 365. So if you bought Office 365, um, you get a subset of the MFA functionality included in, in Office 365 licenses, um, which is quite nice as well. Um, it's worth noting, and I've got a table which sort of breaks this down, that the, the, the free for administrators and Office 365 versions don't give you all of the, the bells and whistles as you might expect. So it doesn't give you the on-premises um, server or any of those things. Awesome. Uh, oops, sorry, skipped on a bit farther. So uh, MFA for Office 365, I've mentioned that already, works exclusively with Office 365 apps. So that's um, SharePoint Online, Exchange Online, um, all of those things. Um, and it, you manage it from the Office 365 portal um, as well. So that's important to know. MFA for Azure admins. So you get the same um, subset of capabilities to the admins at no cost. And every administrative account in a subscription can be MFA enabled. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're not using all of the, the other um, MFA capabilities, at least for your admins, you should enable this um, as, as, a, as part of the course, really, because, you know, if you can, if you can compromise those privileged cloud identities, then, um, you know, you, it's, um, uh, you know, it could be, it could be, a, well, it could be a bad day for you, right? If you can do that, so we need to make sure that accessing these cloud services at an administrative level is is secured. And then, of course, the full MFA offering, which is the richest experience with all of the capabilities, and it becomes as part of Azure AD Premium, or we can license it um, on the, on those different licensing, you know, per user or per um, device model that I talked about as well. Cool. And lastly, just to, to sort of break that down, it's a bit of a, a busy slide, but it sort of gives you a feel for the different features that you might get. So obviously I mentioned on the very right-hand side there, you get um, with the full MFA offering, um, which you get through EMS, which is now not Enterprise Mobility Suite. We've renamed that to Enterprise Mobility Plus Security. So the slide's a little bit dated there. Um, but essentially you get all of the, the extra um, pieces that, that, that we mentioned. So uh, fraud alerts, MFA reports, um, one-time bypasses, custom greetings, um, your trusted IPs. There's a whole host of features that you can get um, by, by going for the, um, you, you know, the Ferrari model, if you will. Um, but for free, um, for MFA admins, you do get um, you know, support to, to use a mobile app, phone call, or SMS as a se second factor. And of course, we get that with Office 365 as well. Excellent. So that's all the, the slides that I wanted to go through. So uh, maybe we can do a quick demo now, and I can show you some of the functionality. I've got a cloud-enabled user within my, my tenant, and I can show you, um, hopefully, how easy it is to set it up and, and then use it to log in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so here we have the um, classic Azure portal. Um, so we can manage MFA through this this uh, classic portal here. Um, it's worth noting that we have added Azure Active Directory support into the the new um, the new portal, um, but it's still in preview at the minute. So we've not got quite all of the features there. Um, so some of the things we still need to do from the classic portal, but uh, I'm sure it won't be long before we get all of that wrapped up into the uh, into the new portal. So from uh, the classic portal here, we can go to users. And I've got, this is just uh, my, my sort of test tenant um, that I've got set up. I've got a couple of users here, MFA test and MFA test two. Um, so I've already set up MFA for this first user, but I haven't for this second user. And as you can see here, you can see that the cloud only users 
Um, it's easier just for me to go through and show you how, how to set it up with the, the cloud only. Um, so at the bottom here, you can see manage multi-factor authentication. So if I click that link, so as an administrator, I would do this, obviously. Yeah. When it wants to uh, to load up. Here we go. Um, so I can just click this user here. I can do bulk updates, by the way, as well. So I can upload, um, I can enable MFA at, at scale, if you will, through the bulk upload there. We've also got some PowerShell um, commandments we can use as well. Um, so I just click enable and click enable multi-factor auth. So you can see here that there's a link, um, aka.ms forward slash MFA setup. So I can copy that and, and send that to the user. Um, and then that will walk the user through the setup process. Um, so I just click enable multi-factor authentication there and say that was successful. And then what I'm going to do is just start a uh, in private session. Um, so it doesn't um, use my existing cookies and authentication there. Go to the MFA setup process um, there. What's my email address? So I type in my email address for that user. So uh, it was MFA test two, and this is my tenant there. Okay, click continue. Enter the password for the user. So of course the user's already got an account in, in, in the cloud directory that would already be set up and know what the password is. Um, of course, you know, we, if it's the first time the user's um, actually using this um, at all, then, then they can stop all, all of the, the password at that point. Um, oops, sorry, wrong password. Try that one instead. There we go. So you can see here it says your admin has required that you set up this account for additional security verification. And then there's a link to set it up now. Um, I've got no, um, no option to do anything else apart from sign out and signing with a different user. So I click set it up now. Yeah. And this is this is what the user would see. Exactly, yeah. So this this would be um, the the user setting this up. So within the management portal, I've not shown you this, but within the management portal, we've got the the different options um, available to us here. So I can actually select at the management level to say we don't want to allow the user to be able to use text message or or, or authentication form. We only want them to use app. So I can right. specify that at a management level if I want, um, and then it would force the user to, 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 to do the, the mobile app. Um, I've just left it at its defaults, which is allow the user to do everything, essentially. Um, but I'm going to set up the, the, the application there. And th these are the two modes that I mentioned before, right? So receive notifications for verification or use verification code. Um, so the verification code is the one-time rotating password which is every 60 seconds changes or the receive notification where it actually just pings your phone when it when it's ready for authentication so i click set it up now and then what it's going to do is it's going to give me a qr code on the screen and then what you won't be able to see now um, is me using the authenticator app on the phone and I'm currently um, adding, and there's an add button on there, and it allows me to scan the QR code um, with the app, which it's now done, and then it's set all that up for me. So um, I can I can now use the application and then click finish, and it will just check the status of of that. And hopefully, if my, all my ducks are in a row, then then it will be working just fine. <laughs> Let's give it a second to check that status. There we go. So mobile app has been configured. 
Okay, so now that uh, MFA is set up, uh, we can click this button here to, to contact me and then verify that it's all working. Um, and what we should see, hopefully, when it comes through, is you can see the application on my phone there. And it says verify, cancel, or uh, cancel and report fraud. So they were the things that we mentioned before. So I click the verify button. And then it's all verified and click close. And then hopefully on the screen there, you can see verification was successful. And then this is sort of what I mentioned before as well. So if we lose access to the mobile phone, specify a phone number in here. Um, so I'm not going to put my, my personal phone number in there. But of, of course, I could just put my number in, click next. And then also I could use that as a, as a, a secondary factor in, in that instance as well. Uh, it's probably worth mentioning um, before we wrap up as well. So customers might be thinking about um, how Premier can can help them on board to this service. So we we do have um, we do have a Premier offering um, the Pop service, which is one of our operate programs, the Pop Azure MFA service, and we can actually um, a guy like me or or one of my colleagues can can come on to uh, onto site through your Premier contract and and help you set all this up. Um, including setting up the on-premises server as well. So, so we can do that and help you out with that and integrate it with um, one of your applications on-premises. On, on um, so it's definitely worth um, considering that too. Well, hey, Chris, man, that was, that was awesome. I really enjoyed that. That was very, very informative. Thank you very much for, for the time to come on and, and, and showcase it for you. Yeah, no worries. And and this actually is our first international show. We've had engineers that were not from the U.S. do deliveries, but this is the first time we've ever done one long distance from across the pond. Oh, oh over the Atlantic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, um, you know, thanks for doing this from the big smoke. And uh, if, uh, if you want to be a guest again, please, by all means, let me know. You know, this was awesome. We really enjoyed it. Okay, thank you very much. And I'm sure we'll speak again. Yeah. So, guys, that's it for this week. Um, uh, so, without further ado, that's your Taste of Premiere.